Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to talk to you about doing everything to stand. But let's pray. Father, we welcome you in this place this morning. Open the Word of God to our hearts and our ears. Let us receive it as from you. Lord, I know that I alone, God, cannot do anything. And so, Father, we just ask for your Spirit to speak through your Word into our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everything to stand, hold the line. Turn to your neighbor and say, hold the line. There's a, one of my favorite movies is The Patriot with Mel Gibson. It's set back in the Civil War time period. And there's this epic moment at the very end. The, the, the troops are, you know, the, the soldiers... Sorry, this is the Revolutionary War. The soldiers are at the top of the hill, and you know the, the colony militia is there, and they're about to go uh, take the hill, and they're getting beaten back and beaten back, and everybody's retreating, and the British soldiers are coming over the top, and Mel Gibson sees the flag, you know, the U.S. flag's falling, he grabs the flag, and he runs, and he's just, hold the line, hold the line, hold, 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 and then it rallies the troop, and they take the hill, and they win. It's just one of the most epic cinema movie moments, you know. But there's a part of that, he just keeps saying, hold the line. Hold the line. There's something about getting that in your spirit to hold the line. And this week, I was studying for the message I had prepared for today, and in my heart, on Wednesday, over and over and over again, the Holy Spirit just kept impressing upon me, Heath, do everything to stand. Hold the line. Heath, do everything to stand. And over and over, all day Wednesday, God just kept speaking to my heart. What does it mean to do everything to stand? What does it mean to hold the line as a Christian? And in the day that you and I live in, there are all kinds of things that are challenges to us to hold the line. We live in an evil day. Each one of us has a battle that goes on in our mind and our emotions and, and our soul. You think about the economic uncertainty that we face, natural disasters, a global pandemic, a political division, slander and polarization on the news, lawlessness in the street, rampant sexual immorality, uh, all of those things, plus 2020, and all the things that are going on, it's like, Man, have you just felt those moments where you ever wanted to give up or give in or it's just so tiring to keep fighting even the constant whisper of the enemy. And I, I know if you are a Christian today, you have felt this and, and I think all of us, it's just a human in human nature. There is always a whisper in your heart or in your ear that wants you to go backwards, that desires uh, to see you captive to your own wants or to seek the praise of others or partake more and more of this natural life. But I believe that what we're about to learn this morning is that God has provided a way in Jesus Christ that you don't lose a single inch that you hold the line even when the battle is the most fierce, even when you feel like giving up and giving in, even when you feel like all you can do is to stand, that there's something inside of you that God has given that's going to allow you to hold the line and do everything to stand. Somebody say amen. Turn with me, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I want to talk to you about holding the line. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to one of his favorite churches, and this is the end of his book. He says this. He says, finally, everybody say finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. 
Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against all these things. The rulers, the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. How many believe this is an evil day? He says, in the evil day, and here's my one-liner. He says this, Having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore. Having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. And I thought all week, God, what is it is everything? What is everything that I've got to do to stand firm? Paul, you're telling me something and you're saying, do everything to stand, but I don't know what it is to do everything to stand firm. So let's go on to the next verse. He says, stand firm, therefore, and many of us who have grown up in church know these verses. Having girded yourself with the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith which will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints." Now, I'll be honest, as a young person growing up in church and having heard this in like Sunday school class, I really got lost in the imagery and I really didn't understand what he's really saying there. Paul is pulling out some texts from the prophet Isaiah about what Jesus would come and bring. In fact, he's quoting from Isaiah chapter 11 and verse chapter 59. And in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 5, just listen to this. It says, also righteousness will be the belt about his, the Messiah's loins, and the faithfulness will be the belt about his waist. And in Isaiah 59, here's what, listen to this, see if this sounds familiar. He says, and the Messiah, he put on righteousness like a breastplate. And a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. Paul is telling us that these are the things that Jesus has left us, and he wants us to stand firm, therefore, having done everything to stand. And that word stand in the Greek goes back to the Roman soldiers that they would put their feet into the ground. They had shoes with spikes on them. And he's saying, this is a hold the line moment. Their stand therefore means don't lose an inch of ground. And he says, having done everything, don't lose an inch. Having done everything, stand fast therefore. How in the world am I supposed to do that? How in the world, in my mind, when things are warring in me, and I want to go back to the carnal nature of the flesh, I want to get angry, or I want to do something or say something I shouldn't do or say, or I have feelings that don't line up with the Word of God, and all the things of 2020 are happening in the world today. How in the world, what do I have to do to stand fast? Having done everything to sin. Let me give you three things this morning through this text. I'm talking about our enemy, our armor, and our faith. The first thing is our enemy. He says, the first thing you've got to know that any battle, you have to know what your enemy is. You, know, you need to know the line. You need to know what his capabilities are. And he says, this enemy is the devil. He's the accuser, the liar, the slanderer. He is that old serpent that is slithering in this life. He's trying to get in there just like Eve. He's lying to you. He's tempting you to go for your carnal nature. He's a roaring lion at some times. He's trying to devour people. And it's not just him. 
He's big and he's bad and he's the prince of the demons and he's got those legions. Just, he's just like the military. He's got you know, captains and corporals and all these things. He says, there is this whole world force. Many people in the America, in America, even in the American church today, don't even understand or realize or walk around with the awareness that, man, this is not just a human thing. There is a whole world beyond what our natural eyes can see. I'm going to tell you something, that even in this last year, uh, my family and I, just under spiritual attack, we had, I, in the last year when we were doing our transition and getting out into the high school, man, I was woke up just tormented one night that I had to cast things out of my bedroom because it was speaking to me in my dreams that he was going to ruin our church and come against our leadership team and take people out. I told all of our leadership to pray because there's more than meets the eye in the world that we're living in. Many of us in the world are oblivious to all the things that are going on. He says, but this something is, these heavenly places, man, there are dark forces in heavenly places. And I'm thinking, how in the world are you and I supposed to stand against this demonic stronghold of things we can't see, of beings that are far more powerful than us? He says, well, I want you to know that he's got some schemes. First off, know what the schemes are. Have you ever heard these things in your heart? Maybe these voices in your ears. He says things like this to tempt us. He says, you know, you're just listening. You didn't say it. You were just listening to it. You're not involved in it. You were just listening. He says you, things like this. He says, you can do it. Nobody's going to know. If you did that, no one would know it. Or you can just take one thing, just one time. Just do it one time, and then you can stop. You always have the power to stop. Just one drink, just one smoke, just one thing, just one look. Just one look. No one will know. And whenever we want to stop, you can stop. You ever heard that lie before? Just one look, just one taste, just one touch. It's okay. After all, you're not perfect. God will forgive you. Mm. Or you just get a little mad sometimes. Everybody gets a little mad sometimes. He says, it's only a little lie. Or you might say something like, if they would have just treated you better, you wouldn't act that way anyway. It's really their fault. If they would do their part, then you wouldn't have to act that way. Or you can say, well, you really didn't mean it. After all, you know you're a good person. Anybody ever heard these lies? These little voices that are always there? I don't know about you, but I hear them all the time. They're always there tempting you to go back to the old things. And he says, I want you to be strong, stand, resist, and fight. And you say, how, Paul? You are crazy. How in the world is little old me supposed to fight against spiritual darkness in heavenly places, hosts of wickedness? I'm just Heath Harris. I'm just little old me. And he says, I'm going to tell you, put on the armor of God. Let's look at that. So you have our enemy, and then you have our armor. He says, be strong. What does he say? Be strong in who? In the Lord. Not on your own ability. He says, alone, on your own, you will surely fail. Heath Harris, if I stand on my own two feet, I surely fail. In fact, every time I find myself falling to temptation, I quickly look back at my week, and you know what I did? I had been working by my own power and ability. I had been trying to do this Christian life, even praying by my own ability, even preaching by my own ability, or even going and doing good works by my own ability. But I wasn't standing in Him and His strength. He says, you have to, if you want to fight this, if you want to do everything to stand, if you don't want to lose an inch of ground, you have to be strong in 
the Lord. Somebody say amen. And he says, in his mighty power, that power means enveloping, dunamis, enveloping or overwhelming power. Even in the first chapter, he says, I want you to know what is the surpassing greatness of this dunamis, dynamic, overwhelming, enveloping power towards those of us who believe. He said, it has come in Jesus Christ, and it's something that you can apply to your life. And remember the story of David and Saul. Saul wanted David to fight Goliath in his armor, and David tried to put Saul's armor on, and it didn't fit. You remember this story from Kids Church? Jesus, Isaiah says, Jesus has come with this helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. He's come to bring good news, and his feet have prepared it. And Paul says, he's come, he's left that armor now, and it's going to perfectly fit. Whereas Saul's didn't fit David, now Jesus' armor is specifically designed to fit you. But you have to put it on. And what is he saying? He says, let me just give you the... the the overview, and get, not getting into all the little details. He's saying, I want you to put on his strength, his armor, what he's done for you. For instance, his truth. It's not just like a belt, but it's his truth. That The truth is that Jesus Christ is the word of God, that he is who he says he is, that the word of God is him. He says, I am the way and the truth, that you stand, that you wrap it around you, that you apply it to your life, that when the devil comes against you, you say, I know this truth, and this truth sets me free. Somebody say, amen. He says, put on this righteousness. The righteousness is that Jesus Christ made a way for me to be right with God. That it's his righteousness I stand. I never stand up on my own ability or my own good works or my own self-effort or knowledge. But anytime the devil comes to accuse me and say, you're not good enough, you can say, yes, devil, I know. I'm not good enough. But Jesus was good enough for me. That's my breastplate of righteousness. Amen? And he says, the faith, he says, put on his faith, do everything to stand in the faith. The faith is that Jesus was perfectly obedient for us, that Jesus had faith in his Father's will. He said, not my will, but your will be done. That Jesus trusted in God's will. And if Jesus can trust in God's will even to death, then so can I. That I can take God's will. I can take God's word to the bank. Faith means to put your full weight on something. It means to take a chair and to stand upon it, that it will hold me. He says, I want you to have that faith like a shield that you can put your weight on it. You can rest your life behind it. That the word of God will never fail you. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the word of God. So he says, put on the truth that Jesus is the word. That Jesus is truth. That Jesus is the way. Put on his right standing. That you are right with God because of what he did. Put on the faith. You can lean everything, not on your own understanding, but in all your ways you can acknowledge him and then he says now put on his salvation that he died that you might live to God that he came in grace so that you can be saved and if you believe and confess you shall be saved and he says in salvation he's left even in Ephesians chapter 1 he's left you this guarantee that you are saved you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit is proof that God is for you that God has given you a guarantee that over your mind, you say, if I have the Holy Spirit, I must be right with God. If I have the Holy Spirit, God must love me. And so Paul looks to them and he tells him, he says, guys, listen to me. 
Knowing all these things that I've told you in this book, you have got to stand on who Jesus is and what He has done for you. You will never make it. Wolves are going to come in to destroy the church. There's going to be persecution. They're going to put you in prison. All these things are going to happen. And you're going to have attacks in your home. And He builds up the home. He says, this is what husbands should do. And this is what wives should do. This is what children should do. And He says, knowing all these things, put on Jesus. It's not about just some imagery of armor. Jesus has purchased these things for you. It's who he is. You must stand in his truth. You must stand in his righteousness. You must stand in his faith. You must stand in his salvation. If you have any hope of making it in these last days. So there's our enemy. There's our armor. And then lastly, there's our fight. What's the fight? Well, you say, all right, now what? Now what do I do? He says, having done everything. Everybody say everything. 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 Sometimes you ever get in those places in your, your life and you're like, Jesus, I'm doing everything I know to do and it's still not working. Jesus, I try my hardest, man. I, I go to church. I, I get involved. I try. I read my Bible. I try not to do these bad things and yet I keep messing up. I keep falling back. I keep making mistakes. Now, what is it you mean, Paul? Do everything thing to stand. What's everything? Well, one, put on Jesus. Apply who he is and what he's done. Don't stand on your own ability. Stand in his ability. Number two, he says, now take the sword. The sword is the spirit, the spiritual sword here. He says, that is the word of God, the word of God. And that word right there, the word in that context is a Greek word, rima. And the rima means the spoken word of God. He says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God, and that's how you're going to do some battle. It's speaking it. Think about what he, uh, the seven sons of Sceva, do you remember that story? They tried to cast out demons and they tried to do all this stuff, but they hadn't put on Christ and the demons won, right? They didn't have the armor of God, even though they, didn't, they tried to use the name. They didn't know the word of God. They didn't have a relationship with him. They didn't put him on, much less know how to wield it. And he says, put on the word of God, now wield the word of God. And remember, each time Jesus was tempted by Satan, every time he quoted scripture, it is written, devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the, what, mouth of God, the spoken word of God. Remember what God did in Genesis chapter 1? He said, let there be light, and there was light. Remember when Jesus stands up in the boat with the winds and the waves tossing? What does he say? He didn't write something down on a piece of paper. He said, peace be still, and it was still. Every time he went to, when he went to the grave with Lazarus, what did he say? Lazarus, come forth. He spoke. And Romans says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the spoken word of of God. This word that proceeds forth. There's something about when the enemy comes against you, you begin to speak forth the word of God. It not only builds faith in the hearer, but it builds faith in the speaker. That as I begin to speak the word of God and quote scripture, which probably were not all, myself included, the best at, it's like going into battle with no ammunition. You got the bulletproof vest on, but there ain't no bullets in your gun. Not going to do you much good, right? You'll, you'll survive a little while, but then there's no fight back. And so every time the devil comes against you, you're supposed to speak. Speak the word of God. That's how Satan was defeated in the, in the wilderness with Jesus. He spoke the word. He quoted it. One of the things that we're not very good at in the modern church is remembering scripture. Now, I don't want to be confessing. I don't believe in 
focusing on, is it verse 13 or verse 17? But do you know it? Do you know it? Is it in here? Can you just ring it out whenever you need to? For instance, I want you to think about verses like this. Every time the devil speaks against you and lies and says, just one look, just one taste, just one touch, just one thing, just one thought. Just think about those thoughts to that person that hurt you. Just think about that thing that that person did to you. Just mull it over in your head a little longer. You can say things like this, devil... I resist you, and you must flee from me. James chapter 4. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. 1 John 4. The weapons I have are divinely powerful to demolish strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10. Or no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Isaiah 54. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Romans chapter 8. Or Jesus has given me authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt me. Luke 10. Or you might do this one. Devil, you may come to steal kill and destroy but Jesus has come to give me life and I claim it abundantly Amen. speak against the theme schemes of the devil number one put on armor put that it means putting on who Jesus is standing in him his righteousness his power his ability number two speak forth so put on Jesus number two speak Jesus out loud you should always, if you're fighting, you should be speaking, speaking the Word of God. And next he says what? Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray in the Spirit at all times. The way to keep holding the line, the way to do everything to stand is not only put on Jesus or speak Jesus, but it's to pray to Jesus. Jesus repeatedly told his disciples to watch and pray. Be ready. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I want you to just picture in your mind, there's a soldier on the wall, a watchman on the wall, and he is watching the field, looking for the enemy. And the whole time he's watching the field, looking for the enemy, you know what he's doing? He's praying. He's speaking in tongues. He's praying to God. He's praying, like Romans chapter 8 says, that he prays in the Spirit with groanings unutterable for words, that he prays according to the will of God. The Spirit searches God's mind. He knows my heart. He knows my mind. And the Holy Spirit begins praying perfect prayers to God. And I'm praying in the Spirit, rejoicing in the Spirit, always thinking about God, singing melody in my heart, Ephesians says. That there's something about, if I am not on the attack and I'm speaking out, I need to be praying up. That all day, all time, I either need to be praying to God or speaking the word. That's the only way. He says, having done everything to stand. And I'll be honest, some of the things that we do to stand is go sit at home and watch TV. Or scroll on Facebook. Or turn off life and go have a vacation to get away from it all. But we'll never stand doing those things. You'll never win doing those things when your coworkers are against you and your family's falling apart. And inside of you wants to turn back and give up and give in and just turn it all off. And you're saying, how can I ever stand? He says, put on who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Begin to confess and speak the word of God in your life and build up your faith in who he is. And then if the devil not attacking you better be praying all times in the spirit all times just as you're going to the grocery store as you're on the lawnmower as you're driving to and from work that you're praying that you're watching that devil is like a roaring lion he is seeking someone to devour so peter says be sober be alert be praying in the spirit if you're not fighting be praying if you're not speaking be praying. In a sense, you're always speaking something. 
You're always speaking something. Behind our breath, church, to get through these last days, let me tell you something. It's coming. Man, it's not, if it isn't already here, it's coming. This great falling away that we see in the world, where this great apathy over the church in America, where the fight is left out of us, that you just give over little rights here and there. You just give in to a little temptation here. We're so lost in Facebook and Instagram and social media. It's actually changed the actual chemical makeup of our children and the way they think. We're giving all the things into the wrong things. And we're saying, how are we ever going to stand? And we don't even know that we're losing. We don't even know that we've already lost our families to drugs and addiction. We're losing all these things. He says, do everything to stand. And if you do this, you won't lose an inch. It is put on who Jesus is. Put on the power of God that he's left you, your identity in Christ. Begin to speak the word of God in your life. And if you're not speaking the word of God against the devil, you better be speaking it back up to God himself. Do everything to stand. Hold the line. And our victory is that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to take the next few minutes and we're going to just make a confession of the worship team to come. We're going to make a confession of what we believe. We're going to put on that armor we're going to begin to speak the word. We're going to begin to pray in the spirit. And I want you to remember that phrase, do everything to stand. That this week, as the enemy comes to lie, this is going to be a reminder to you. Do you say, do everything to stand? Do everything to stand. As those temptations come, do everything to stand. What does it mean to do everything to stand? Put on Jesus. Once you put on Jesus, speak Jesus. Speak that word of God. Build up the faith. Wield that sword, that word of God. And then if you're not being attacked, if you do everything to stand, be praying. Be praying always in the spirit. Build up your holy faith. Jude said, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying. Because that's how we fight our battles. Do everything to stand. Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, Lord, we renew our commitment to you. Lord, that we put on Jesus, that we are not good enough on our own, that there is nothing in us that can get us to heaven. No one in here is perfect. Everyone in person in here will fall to the schemes of the enemy. But Lord, we say, Jesus, be my salvation. Jesus, be my truth. Jesus, be my faith. Jesus, be my righteousness. Jesus, be the feet. Lord, that I have to take out of this place to give the gospel of peace to somebody. God, I can't do it without you. Jesus, I, I stand on what you did. I stand on who you are, that you have become righteous for me, that I might be the righteousness of God in you. God, I stand on Jesus. And Lord, I begin to confess the word over my life. I believe, Lord, that you are the Son of God, that you died on a cross for my sins, that today you are seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints. And God, if you are for me, then who in the world can be against me? Lord, I claim our marriages. We, claim, we come against depression. We come against anxiety. We come against fear. We come against all the things of this world that are in opposition to the truth of Jesus Christ, all the philosophies and the speculation, all the slander about you on TV and television and the news, and Lord, men that think they're God, that they can do things, that there is only one God, that's our God. There's only one King, that's King Jesus. But we believe in the truth. We 
speak it out with our mouth. Devil, you are a liar. You are a slanderer. You've been telling people they're not good enough, that Jesus doesn't love them. But our greatest weapon, our greatest weapon is to speak out that God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him will never die, will never die. Lord, we stand today. Lord, and right now we just begin to pray in the spirit. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you are holy. Jesus, you are good. Come on, church. Let's just begin to sing praises to him. Just begin to get stronger in him. Lord, we can't do this week without you. You need some Jesus today. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. This is how we fight our battle. Let's just give this an anthem of praise to him. A shout of battle cry this morning. How we fight our battles. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is Hallelujah. how we fight my battles. How are you going to fight your battles? Put on Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. 